The Blevins Franks Report with Rob Kay of Blevins Franks Wealth Management. It's that time on a Sunday morning here on Vivian Radio where we talk to Rob Kay from Blevins Franks. How are you doing, Rob? I'm very well, thank you, Howard. Yourself? I am, thank you very much indeed. Good. Well, last week we discussed the UK's statutory residency test and why we should take advice. That raised lots of questions about where we should go for advice and why using a locally-based advisor can make a big difference. So I'd like to focus on that issue this week. However, before we discuss taking local advice, what caught your eye in the news this week? Well, um, it, this didn't catch my eye, Howard. It, uh, it sort of landed on my doormat, but, uh, but just so everyone is aware, the NatWest Group have decided to close UK bank accounts of customers who live in the European Union and terminate their uh, UK credit cards as well. Now, this move, it, it won't happen overnight, but they're informing their EU clients that they have six months to make alternative arrangements, but the accounts and the cards will cease to be operational by the end of August. Now, staying with banks, but this time on the side of, uh, or this side of the channel, under new plans revealed this week, we were told that charges for using ATM machines will become a thing of the past. Society General, BNP Paribas and CIC will combine their ATMs in a move which will affect around a third of all machines in France. From the end of this year, you will no longer be charged for using the ATMs if you are a client of one of those banks. According to a recent study, the average annual charge for withdrawing cash from ATM machines in France is €12.75 per person. But, as you would expect, sorry for sounding a little cynical, but it's not just the clients who will benefit from this collaboration. The banks are also set to save money by pooling their resources because every ATM apparently costs about €30,000 a year to maintain. And like the rest of us, the older they get, the more it costs to keep up their maintenance. Now, I don't know about you, Howard, but I keep finding myself talking about a couple of years ago, then realising it wasn't a couple of years ago. It was maybe three or sometimes four years ago because I seem to have lost a couple of years of my life to COVID and the pandemic. I hope I'm not tempting fate here, but I was surprised to read this week that coronavirus infections are starting to look like a thing of the past. In the last seven days, there were only six new cases of coronavirus reported in Monaco and out of four patients being treated for symptoms at the Princess Grace Hospital, none of them were Monaco residents. The number of residents recovering at home with mild symptoms is four, just four, and the benchmark incident rate for new cases last week fell from 41 down to 15.3. Now, as someone who spends far too much time passing through airport security, I was very pleased to read this week that after successful trials, the UK has announced that from sometime in 2024, Passengers will not have to put liquids in a plastic bag or take them out of our bag when we pass through security. France is uh, is a little bit late to the party, but this week Paris Orly Airport started trialling the new 3D scanners, which allow security staff to see the contents of our carry-on bags much more clearly, which means putting liquids in plastic bags and taking laptops out of your bag should become a thing of the past as you pass through security. These new scanners are apparently like the CT scanners used in hospitals. The machines take 3D images of the objects being scanned. Bags are then observed from various angles, so staff can get a very clear picture of the contents. Finally, Howard, a story that will get my sister-in-law and everyone who's scared of spiders squirming 
was this week a Riviera, resident, a Riviera resident was treated in hospital after suffering from violent headaches and ear pain after a spider bit her. The lady had a spider on her cheek, but when she went to brush it off, she brushed it near to her ear and it scurried in and bit her. Ta staff at the Tazank Institute eventually discovered the spider and got it out. As, it named, as its name implies, this spider isn't usually found here. The Gibraltar funnel web spider is usually found in the south of Spain. In an attempt to reassure us, we were told its bite is toxic, but not normally deadly. I wondered how it travelled all that way. <laughs> <laughs> Turning on to today's subject, do you find many British expatriates continue to use UK advisors and retain their UK financial arrangements after moving to France? Yeah, two, year, two years on from the UK's departure from the European Union, it, it's very clear Brexit is not going to stop Britons leaving the UK and moving abroad. And, and why should it? We've been doing it for, for hundreds of years and, and well before the UK joined the EU. Wherever you go in the world, you'll find British expatriates socialising. They frequently join or establish clubs and societies and, and associations. Now, this is not something which usually crosses people's mind when they're thinking of leaving the UK because it's not something you need to necessarily consider. But if you peel away the layers and try to understand why someone would want to leave their home country, go and live in a foreign land, but then socialise with people of the same origin, it probably comes down to familiarity, maybe security, maybe a feeling of belonging. Maybe there's, need to, there's a need to be part of a team, or maybe, maybe they're simply substituting that for close family. I've certainly seen those principles extend to finance. People tend to stick or try and stick with what they know, what they feel safe with. I suppose it's a basic instinct of being secure. Some people go to some extraordinary lengths to maintain their financial arrangements as they had in place before they moved abroad. I've seen people retain all their financial arrangements as though they're still living in, in suburban England. Or, or maybe the most bizarre example I came across was a couple still pretending to live in a three-bedroom house in Wales, but with his son, his wife, or his wife, and their three children. On the surface, this is completely illogical because moving abroad was a choice. However you think a little bit more deeply about this issue, from an emotional self-preservation perspective, these actions are entirely logical. Before I moved to France, I'd spent 20 years working in the UK financial services industry, and some of that time was actually spent working for a French company. Now, I thought I'd read all that could be read about France, its laws and its rules. But just a few days after I arrived in France, I realised my career was starting all over again. Truthfully, before I moved to France, I didn't know what I needed to know to properly advise clients who live in France. And most UK-based advisors are just the same as I was before I arrived. Many of the systems look the same. How different can France's income tax system be to the UK system? The answer is completely. The UK operates an individual tax system, whereas the French system operates on a household basis. The capital gain system and the succession rules, well taxed. In fact, Howard, the more I think about it, actually nothing is the same. So expecting a UK advisor with no French knowledge to be able to advise a French resident, especially after Brexit, is a massive risk, which I think at some point usually backfires. Looking at regulatory matters, it's financial services passporting end with Brexit. Well, maybe maybe I should start by explaining what passporting means in the context of financial advice. 
Before Brexit, UK firms could provide financial services to Britons living in the European Union through what is known as financial passporting arrangements. In simple terms, UK providers, enforced by the UK's Financial Conduct Authority, the FCA, were committed to meet the same minimum standards and consumer protection as other EU member states. Broadly speaking, the general public was unaware of financial passporting or what its loss would mean. Now the UK are free to make their own rules, the EU has no assurances UK firms will meet the EU requirements. So as a consequence, from the 1st of January 2021, the EU withdrew the passporting rights for UK financial firms, which included banks, insurance companies, investment providers and financial advisors. Just as UK citizens lost the right to automatic freedom of movement around the EU, following Brexit, most UK financial businesses lost the right to provide banking, investment and financial services to European resident clients. So if you live here but you still have a UK bank account, investments, financial products or you use a UK financial advisor, you need to contact them to find out where you and your money stands. Does this affect all UK financial firms and institutions? Um, that depends on how a company is structured and, and where it's based, Howard. The uh, companies with headquarters in the EU can retain their passporting licence and, and continue to operate as they did before. Firms who are entirely UK-based who want to support EU resident clients will probably need to restructure and, and probably establish individual arrangements with, with each of the regulators um, in the specific Euro European states where they actually want to operate. As you can imagine, that, that's going to be really very complicated, um, very expensive, and you know, I would imagine a very long time-consuming process. If our authorization process is anything to go by, these, uh, these combined factors have, have forced a lot of very big names from the European marketplace, which has left many clients in, in the lurch and, and really needing support. We keep being told financial service negotiations are, are still ongoing, so it's possible the UK and the EU may eventually reach an agreement. But in the meantime, some companies are continuing to bury their heads in the sand, holding out for the possible or the possibility of a deal that, that might be struck. That will then avoid them having to go through what they probably consider to be unnecessary and a very expensive process, while others have just simply shut up shop and withdrawn their services from the European market. As I said in the introduction, this week I was contacted by NatWest, who also own RBS, and they're being, they've given me just six months' notice, and they will then close my UK-based bank accounts and withdraw my UK-based credit cards, um, as I said earlier, at the end of August. Now, in a slight change to the usual format, we'd like to introduce James. But that is maybe better done by him. So, James, would you like to tell all our listeners about James Griffiths? Yes, Hello. Um, well, I'm James Griffiths and I work for Blevins Franks as a private client manager. So I work with our clients to ensure that our advice and investments remain suitable and as tax efficient as possible. I've been in financial services now for over 10 years and after initially working in Singapore and Hong Kong, I've now settled down in the south of France and been working for Blevins Franks for the past four years. I live in Nice with my wife Susie and my son Albie as we want to be closer to family in the northwest of England but couldn't cope with the dreadful weather up there. We briefly mentioned them last week, but this year Blevins Frank Spring seminars are well underway. Can you tell us when they arrive in this region and how our listeners can book a seat? 
Yeah, so our seminar season has already kicked off with seminars of the Western France last week and Paris this coming week. There's lots to delve into during our seminars, such as how the recent rise in inflation impacts personal finances, but also how changes to UK tax and inheritance rules can still affect overseas residents. We will have a seminar in Ayres on the 28th of March, Mandalieu on the 29th of March and Biot on the 30th of March. So if you'd like to book your place, on, you can do it on our website at www.blevinsfranks.com or by calling our Valbon office on 0493-001780. That's 0493-001780. OK, going back to today's topic, are there any other disadvantages to holding on to UK assets and investments? Yeah, um, even if the regulatory issues don't affect you, there are also lots of reasons to think more locally for your finances. UK assets are no longer, no longer European assets, so European residents can end up paying more tax than they need to. For example, UK individual savings accounts, more commonly referred to as ICEs, which are not taxable in the UK, are taxable in France. UK property is liable to UK taxes, such as UK capital gains tax, stamp duty and income tax. It's also liable to French taxes, including wealth tax. The UK budget changes, which were introduced last year, will mean UK tax paid on UK rental income will substantially increase over the next five years. If this income was taxed in France, much less tax will probably be paid. So this is an issue we will discuss in more details at the seminars James just described. And now could be a very good time to reconsider what investment assets you hold, or at the very least, how they're structured. Another issue, which is frequently overlooked, is the UK lifetime allowance threshold. The lifetime allowance threshold was frozen in Rishi Sunak's 2021 budget, and that freeze was extended in Jeremy Hunt's recent autumn statement until 2028, so six years in future. Freezing this allowance will be equivalent to, to a, a five or six year winter for the value of UK pension funds, which will be excellent for the UK government's depleted coffers. So excuse the metaphor, but the more value your pensions accumulate in this five year winter, the more ice it will accumulate for the UK's taxman's gin and tonic when you eventually crystallise your pension. What about estate planning? Can taking UK advice result in paying unnecessary tax in France? Yeah, UK-based assets are, are always liable to UK inheritance tax. So Hunt's decision to extend the, the uh, threshold freeze will mean that over the next five years, UK assets will be exposed to more and more inheritance tax. So if you're a French resident, whatever your will says, your affairs, especially your estate, are vulnerable to also French rules, which might not mean your testing wishes cannot be followed. Um, you might be able to if they are in line with the rules here in France. But you could also find that your estate and your beneficiaries could end up paying way more tax than, than they need to. Not only can a UK tax advisor probably not give a French resident financial advice she or he is probably not experienced in French tax or legal matters. We shouldn't forget, in the UK, when you die, you can leave whatever you want to whoever you want. That is simply not the case in France. French succession rules need to be observed. Estate planning and succession tax minimisation needs expert professional advice and from someone who knows the French rules. What other benefits are there to using advisors who have lived locally in France? 
well, I, I think it's safe to say that Brexit has, has brought a seismic shift to the, to the financial landscape for expatriates. And it's never been more important to ensure your financial arrangements are compli- compliant and suitable for life in France. A specialist locally based advisor is best placed to help you take advantage of suitable opportunities and secure financial peace of mind for both you and your family. Blevins Franks is fully authorised to provide advice in France. Our advisors live and work locally, so they have an in-depth knowledge of the tax and the succession regimes, as well as the common issues we all face as UK patriots in a prospective world. So if any of the listeners would like to discuss their financial arrangements or explore how you can make your finances more user-friendly for life in France, speak to one of our Blevins Franks partners. Every initial meeting is complimentary, and to book an appointment or a telephone call with our local partner or one of our local partners, call our local French office. The telephone number, as James mentioned a few minutes ago, is 0493-001780. Now, if our Monaco office is more convenient for you, you can call the Monaco office. And our number here in Monaco is Monaco 97 seven seven five five seven four that's monaco nine seven 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 five five seven four and finally if you'd like to know more about blevins franks or our forthcoming seminars or if you simply want to make an appointment to meet a blevins franks partner you can always do that very simply via the website which is www.blevinsfranks.com many thanks rob and uh, welcome to james thank you very much thanks howard see you next week the Blevins Franks Report. If you would like more information on any of the topics discussed in this program, contact your local Blevins Franks office on 0493001780 or riviera at blevinsfranks.com. French tax, inheritance planning, investing, UK pensions and taxation. Questions, questions, questions. Fortunately, expert help is at hand. With answers to these key issues and so much more, don't miss the Blevins Franks Riviera seminars on the 28th, 29th or 30th of March. They're free to attend, but places are limited. Visit blevinsfranks.com today for information and to reserve your place, or call 0493001780.